labelling the good things around Australia. Our experts analyse the weekend's major meetings. Get set on Radio Tab. He would love doing the form, wouldn't he, for this meeting? Uh, David Gately's about to join us. We start with the might and power. The first leg of the quad is the seventh. Alligator Blood's the favourite there at 2.30. Then we go into the Vars. Uh, we saw last at uh, $3. That's over the mile. Uh, into the Guineas, where 270 militarised. And the last, which is just the race of the day, isn't it? It barely is jewel. Can she keep winning? She's 2.25. And Tino's 7, 9.50. Pride of Jenny, $10. The inevitable. David Gately, good morning. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, simply one of the best race days uh, you'll see in Melbourne, Sydney this week. And um, see if we can jag this quad yet. Call for a 10 race card. Of course, race seven is Group One, the Might and Power first leg. And I think just fine measures up. Sure, weight for age is a new challenge, but just running the, the times of a really good horse. He's absorbing pressure in his win at 2,200 ago. Still broke away from them. Uh, was within four one hundredths of the track record there, and then broke another track record, or broke a track record in the Metro. I don't think back to two thousand any negative. I think Jewess can get by Alligator Blood this time. He was beat, uh, she was beaten one point two lengths last time in the Underwood, but the extra two hundred metres here in a race of a little more pressure might see her run over him. He goes in the quaddy though, Alligator Blood, even though he's just a little susceptible at the end of two thousand six nine and one first leg. Lady Day Vars is the second league, and I think Wishlaw Last is another one who can measure up. She um, uh, was a very good first half after being shuffled back, and just a class above them last time with their big weight. Uh, her only got 1,600. She probably should have won it. The winner of that race, so you see, you can tie in with Appealing Club and a couple of key rivals here. So, uh, as I say, no matter how you slice it, I think she measures up without being immoral. Appealing Club uh, is, is a danger. Uh, good in the let's elope. Amelia's your life lessons forms fabulous. Forget the stock stakes, Miss. You went back fast, on pace, dominated race. And Barbie's Fox uh, just ran well in an Epsom. Here she is back to her own deck. Foxy Freedom next. 10 3 4 1. The Corfu Guineas, I'm pretty keen on militarised. I think he's simply the best horse. And the Sydney three have come down and dominated this race for the last couple of years. And, and he hits the, the profile on, on times and ratings. He's, he's got an edge. Just draw a little awkwardly, but. Um, uh, He's clearly my top pick. She liked things over the odds. Uh, arguably should have beaten the party last time. They just picked the wrong, took the wrong option at the 500. And his last 200 split of 10.92 is elite. It was the quickest of any horse all day. Stepati's a ripper, unbeaten. And King Colorado gets to 1.600 and a track with a bit of give. I think they're the big ticks. Even though Miller tries, clearly had him covered in the Golden Rose. One seven four three. The Turak brings us home, and Amelia still deserves to be favourite. She just uh, is uh, pretty bulletproof. She went back first up, beat them softly, went forward second up, fast speed, beat them softly. Uh, takes on the males with 56, but, you know, go back to a quokka run. Um, there she is, running enormous against the likes of Overpass and Co. I think Amenable's over the odds. I'm forgiving of that run last time. Uh, it was tough to be a swooper that to race, and his run in the Memsey was an absolute ripper prior to that. The inevitable should have won the Epsom. It was just a horrid watch. Um, and and Tino, pride of Jenny for the wider quaddy. My second quaddy will, will be much skinnier. But three, fifteen, two, six, and ten home in the quad. Our best we've mentioned him. Race nine, number one, militarised. Um, for those reasons outlined. Value race six, number five, minxed moment. Uh, gets to 1,400 second up and uh, looks 
to be a shade of value in and around double figures. Best in Sydney, uh, Tom Kitten on a stick. I thought he was great last time in defeat. Race for number three, Tom Kitten, our best at Randwick. Thank you, mate. Thanks, David. David Gately there. Let's uh, go through those thoughts. Quadrella numbers, races 7, 8, 9 and 10. So in the seventh on the card, uh, his numbers are 6, 9 and 1. 6, 9 and 1 in race number 7. Just fine is the 6. In race number 8, his numbers here are 10, 3, 4 and 1. Wish for Lass is $3 number 10. So 10, 3, 4, 1. We go to race 9. His numbers are 1, 7, 4 and 3. Militarise, 270 in the guineas. And in the last, he's coming up with Amelia's Jewel. Um, number 3 from 15. Then 2, 6, 10. 3, 15, 2, 6 and 10. Amenable. That tweaking of the gear there, $18. That's uh, the quaddy thoughts. Militarise his best in Melbourne, 9-1. His value is at race 6 Number five, which is Minsk Moment. And the current price, I have to scroll down the screen a bit to find it. Yeah, $8.50 and $2.70. And Tom Kitten is his best in Sydney, which is race four, number three. Yeah, welcome back to uh, Michael Maxworthy. How are you? Good, thank you, Steve. Yeah, good to be back after a couple of weeks. Where did you go? Fairly quiet. Um, didn't venture too far away. I, I went to Melbourne last weekend. That's as far away as I got. Uh, great visit in Flemington. I hadn't been there since 2014, before the new member stand uh, was completed. And I must say, um, they did a great job with it. Members' facilities there are unbelievable. And watching from the, the rooftop, watching a race live was just uh, just amazing. It really is one of the, the great racetracks of the world, not only here in Australia, Flemington. And you get a great um, panoramic view from that uh, that top level, the rooftop of the new um, facility there for the members. We know Martin Harley only just re recently returned. He was actually in the winner's circle uh, earlier this week at Ipswich. He rode pianist to victory. And you like one of his each way in race four here at Eagle Farm? Yeah, and he's partly the reason that I've um, given this mare a tick. Race four, number 12, she's a firecracker. And I want to give Liam Birchley a tick as well. He's had this mare up the whole year. And she obviously thrives being in work. She always turns up, never runs poorly. Uh, she was a winner here at Eagle Farm a couple of starts back when she, she got the world's best run, slightly held up, dashed through the score. Um, and her last one was quite good. Hyde did beat her home, and he's hard to beat. Again, Annabelle Misham's got him flying. He's going for four wins on the trot. He was slightly held up, but he had a better run in transit than she's a firecracker, who was shunted very wide, turning into the straight. But she didn't give it away. Uh, I think she even got a bit of a bump at the 100. So Harley, gate one, about $11. I think she's a great beachway play. 412. Then we move over to race six. Your selection here for Tony Gollan is uh, 550, number 14. Yeah, Rising Pacific. I know the favourite uh, mission of love is going to be hard to beat. No real excuses last start, but she's probably going to appreciate a little bit further. But I just felt that this horse um, has settled in nicely since coming across from New Zealand. His three runs this time in for Tony Gollan have all been good. If not to win easily, two starts to go at Durban, and then he set the record straight by just getting up last start at Ipswich in Class One. So it's a it's a jump here. 
Um, but we're only up to benchmark 68 level. And I think he's likely raised, maturing. I think he's ready for this competition. He's drawn nicely. So I'm happy to play him. Uh, what was he, Steve, about the 550 mark? Yeah, 550. Mission of Love, Mike. Of course, you'd be following this horse. Brilliant uh, first up and then a sectional star, even though beaten last start. But you're, you're just yeah. going with Tony's horse. It's uh, third up. Yeah, probably going to sit, uh, sit handier, Steve. He's fourth up. He's ready. He's probably going to be in a more handy position than the mare who... She's hard on herself, but you're right. She can really turn it on in the straight if she gets the brakes. Mission of love. Had uh, St uh, Matty hoisted on earlier. I should have uh, posed the question about Arna Kerr. Uh, race 10, number 6, 2.30 at the moment. Yeah, I thought he was hard to beat. I still can't believe that he got beaten in Toowoomba. I mean, how is this possible? He was given the world's best ride. He, I, I think he settled third, fourth defence, travelling strongly. He'd reached the lead. He looked home. He was heavily backed. And Chatty Lady has come home like Burnborough on the outside and running down. Um, how? I just think when you analyse it, Steve, I haven't looked at the sectional times, but visually, the leaders did tire a little bit. Maybe they overdid it. He was up on the pace, probably a length and a half off the lead, and he just may have felt the pinch up the hill. Um, but oh, I think this is perfect. There's no speed here. Dark Harmony leads, and I think this guy probably sits... You know, second, third or fourth and ready to attack Dark Harmony when they turn. So I think this uh, is a much more suitable race for him. He was going to Toowoomba for the first time last start. So I'm just going to use that as a little bit of an excuse for him getting beaten there. So your three are race four, 12, She's a Firecracker, $11, $6.14, Rising Pacific, $5.50 and Arnaquir, $10.6, $2.30. Yep, that's it. And just on Hong Kong, I had Mark on earlier. It was a great to see him train a winner there, Mike. And um, Sunday, that's a pretty handy race, isn't it? It'll be interesting if that dream winner goes. What do you think? Uh, up to 1,200 off a, a well, disappointing, well, a de first defeat last start. Yeah, um, yeah, he was beaten there and then up 1,200 metres. So uh, for me, I'm just going to just watch him. It's, it's really hard there to start off um, as an unraced horse and go right through. Once you start to get up to class two company, it's really hard. And he just might have felt um, that last start when he appeared to be a little bit disappointing. But he's obviously a good horse. Looking forward to seeing him in action. And yeah, Mark Newnham, it's going to take time. There's no doubt about that. But uh, once he gets his act together, I think he'll be training a stack of winners. I don't know what you felt, Steve, uh, Romantic Warrior last week. I was at the track, watched it live, and I thought he loomed to win 200 out until Gold Trip just turned it at an amazing final 200 metres. I haven't seen the replay. What did you make of it? I just thought he raced a little bit fresh. I reckon the feed, I don't know. Do you hear the thing about the feed? I don't know if that played a part in it. The trainer did say yeah. he would need the run. I mean, but I couldn't be backing him as favourite in a Cox Plate. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. First up, 2,000 metres, travelling for the very first time. Um, I think he'll be better, but, but he'll need to be, won't he? Indeed, so, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, who, are tipping in the, who are you tipping in the Everest? Oh, I just like Buenos Notches, and I'm going to back I Wish I Win, both of them, and hopefully get a profit out of them. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I'm with you with, um, with the Matt, uh, Matt Smith's horse, Buenos Nachos. So I thought he was super last start in the shorts. I mean, if you like the first two home and... Um, you'd have to say his run was equally as good. Although, private, I was obliged to race a little bit wide there. 
I thought this fella was really good because he, he was held up, wasn't he, for 200? And he had to do a left-hand turn and then sprint off it. And he gained a bit of ground on those leaders over past some private eye. So I think he's a great play at about the $14. Yeah. The only thing is he's not the best out. He's going to get back. And there's probably, you know, yeah. everyone's saying there's going to be no pace. So, But I'm just going to hope for the best. And, yeah. you know, some, most times there's pace on it. Something might over-race or yeah. who knows. Um, and I reckon, Steve, like a $20 million purse, it's going to be amazing watching a race worth that much money. Now, I'm tipping that there's got to be a few horses, jockeys maybe getting, you know, ants in their pants. Like, it's it's a massive purse. What is it, $7 million to the winner? So I think it will generate a little bit more speed than what a lot of people think. Joe Pride, someone said this to me earlier in the week, and I just did the sums myself this morning. If he happens to run first and second with Think About Private Eye in the different order, his percentage, just under $1 million. Is that right? That's what he's going to get. And the jockeys, I think it's uh, it's 7 mil to the winner, so they're 5%. So what's that, 350000 for the jockey? Plus the slang. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sling as well. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Just watching a race worth that amount of money, I just find. I just never, ever thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Peter Valandi said during the week it'll be more next year. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Michael. Michael Maxworthy, the guy that works, of course, uh, with Peter Valandi's in the same office at Racing New South Wales as Ray Hickson, and he's uh, with us now. How are you, Ray? Hi, Steve. I'm well, thanks. I think Peter said it could be more next year. But uh, oh, well, let's just get through this year first. It's a hard enough. It's a hard enough race to work out yeah. without worrying about what it might be worth next year. Mm. It'll be worth twenty million next year, but whether it's a, a little bit more, we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, now you're on the boat. Take us through that experience the other night. It looked magnificent from home. I mean, it obviously would have been ten times better being there with the fountain and the. You know the big projectors and doing the, the drawer and so on, and uh, some old songs were played. One of them from Neil Diamond. Is this all relating back to when that was played? Post was that the post the first Everest when and Darren? Um, I think so. Flindell turned on the PA and everyone blew up. Uh, no, I think I think it's um, was that Sweet Caroline. I can't remember. Yeah, well, it certainly was. It was certainly played last year. Um, obviously, we've had limited crowds for a couple of years with COVID restrictions prior to that, but it was definitely played last year. Um, and I think we'll be hearing it again this year. Uh, yeah, who, who would have thought, eh? Neil Diamond starring at, at a race meeting. But anyway, um, I wonder if he can tip us the winner. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll start with your specials. Uh, race three is the first of them, number four. Yeah, nice little filly here, Arctic Glamour, trained by Joel Ryan and Sterling Alexio. She came off a maiden win last start but you look through the field and most of them have done that anyway so not taking any great weight into the fact that it's made up to a listed race just love the way she did it she sat back and when Karen McAvoy got her into the clear she took a couple of strides to balance up and then she just will put them into the ground really one by four four lengths running away um she signaled that with a, a nice trial beforehand and she did show promise in her first preparation I think 1400 meters is ideal for her and there looks to be good enough tempo there for her just to find her back to follow into the race and, and let down again. So I think she'll be well supported. Um, hopefully she stays above the $2 mark. But, uh, yeah, pretty keen on her chances, race three, number four. Oh, you can take and it we'll today. Duck... Yeah. $2.30. We'll duck straight... Yeah, well, that's what... if that holds up, I'll be happy with that. Um, we'll duck straight into the next race. Steve, for race four, number three, Tom Kitten. Um, to be frank, I think this is his race to lose. Uh, he had no luck at all in his two runs since winning the 
up and coming and he was enormous in the dulcify. He was somehow he got caught three and four deep from barrier four, which can happen occasionally, but it very rarely happens to Nash. Um, so I don't think that'll be happening from gate three. You'll get a lovely run just behind the speed this time. He won't have as much work to do. And I think up to 1800 meters, he showed last start, even though he had a tough run, he kept finding the line. Um, I'm pretty keen on Tom Kitten, race four, number three. David Gately is as well. And at the moment, if you want to bet early with tab four, three, 240, Tom Kitten and Milana, race six. <clears throat> yeah, like Milana's chances, uh, first up in the Sydney Stakes. It's going to be a, a tough race. Uh, everyone's a big field, so there's going to be good speed, I would expect, and Milana would appreciate that. He did win first up in the Hallmark last preparation, albeit on a heavy track. But he's got a great fresh record. He's unbeaten at Randwick. And, I mean, the, the win in a Silver Eagle last year, if he reproduces anything like that, uh, he'll be very hard to hold out. I think he had excuse, excuses for a couple of his runs in Queensland. And, you know, they were obviously a couple of them at weight for age and then in the Stradbroke um, where he was just sort of okay. But he's come back well. As I said, he's a great fresh horse and I expect he'll be well supported and I think he'll run very well. Race six, number two. So you're three, three, four, Arctic Glamour, 230, four, three, Tom Kitten, 246, two, Bolana at five. I can't let you go without race seven and your thoughts on the Tab Everest. Well... I could sit here and make a case for just about all of them, but I'm going to go with number one. I wish I win on top. I'm not afraid of barrier one. I had a good chat with Luke Nolan actually about it uh, a day or two ago, and he did point out he won he won a TJ on Black Caviar from barrier one, and it wasn't the best spot from her. Now, I wish I win is not Black Caviar, um, but I don't think barrier one's a big disadvantage, so long as he jumps okay. If he, if he jumps with them, with them and can be sort of three back on the fence. I think it's just a matter of him getting into the clear and, and putting that big turn of foot he's got uh, into play. Now, he's had two starts in Sydney and won a Golden Eagle and a TJ Smith. So it'd be quite a treble if you can add an Everest to that little tally. So I've got him on top. Um, we'll talk more about the Everest, I think, in the morning, but I'm, I'm a little frightened of Cylinder, the three-year-old. I think he sets up really well. Um, I heard you talking with uh, Michael about uh, Buenos Notches. I think he's a chance. Look, there are horses. I, mean, I tipped in secret in her first two, uh, two lead-up runs to the Everest, and I've jumped off. And she's, you know, $13 chance or something like that. So that tells you the type of race it is. It's really open, but I think it's a good quality race. It's a shame we don't have Giga Kick and Imperatriz to really add the cherry to the top of the, the quality of the race. But I think anyone who wants to knock the quality of this race needs to have a good hard look at themselves. We will chat in the morning, but the price, I wish I win at 460 at the moment. And I'll mention the 12 there, uh, which you, you touched on. Um, cylinder with the blinkers too, which makes me think they, they're going to be right on the speed here, 850 and 270, mm. right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. There's been support jumping around for all sorts of horses. I wish I win fell out of favour for a while when the barrier came out after Peter Moody said he wanted to draw out. Um, but I think the few people are gravitating back to him. Think about it. It's been very, very solid for the last couple of weeks up near the top of the market. How do you knock him? 10 from 11. Um, yeah, so many angles to this race, Steve. We'll do our best. Thanks for that. Thanks a lot. There he is, uh, Ray Hickson from Racing New South Wales.
I know we've heard all sorts of stats this week. I'll throw a few more at you. Of course, the fastest ever Everest was Yes, 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 2019-173. There have been 13 mares to contest the race. Best results, uh, Hortbury on her ran fifth in 2020. Um, three fillies have run in it. Tulip, the best there, fifth in 2017. Uh, horses to compete, more than two Everest. Nature Strip went around in four of them. And these horses raced in three of them. Red Zell Centre in a lane, classic legend trekking at Eduardo. Uh, ten three-year-olds have run. Uh, in the race so far, uh, four Colts, three fillies, one gelding and two Northern Hemisphere Colts as well. And the most rides in the race uh, is Kay McAvoy. He's ridden in six Tab Everest and he's won three of them. One on Classic Legend and two on Red Zell. with the most runners. Chris Wallers had eight for two winners. James Cummings also had eight for no winners at this stage. Uh, ben Scadden, good morning. G'day, Steve. Yeah, not quite Everest Day at Morfield tomorrow, but there will still be ten winners. As I said, the series race is building up to that big final we're looking forward to on the 25th of November, plus the Hill Smith. And we spoke to Lincoln yesterday. Kibbutz stands out because he went on to win a, a VRC derby after competing in this Hill Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it was quite a rise, that one. I don't know if we've got a... Got a derby winner in there, but you never know. Your specials, or well, we get it early, hopefully. Race one, Morfittville. Yeah, focusing on the early part of the program, and yeah, hopefully we can uh, kick off on a on a winning note in the first race. Lose some, win more. It's a horse I was taken by its first up run. Um, there was good money for it, three thirty into two sixty. So they thought he'd run well. He's a four-year-old by all too hard from the Richard Chantel Jolly Stable. And thought he was a very game run that day. He kind of was was exposed maybe a little bit too early. Jack Torek didn't have too many choices and they're going to be 33.95, so very good going. Um, yeah, I thought he was brave, just got nailed late, but I thought it was a, a very bold effort. And Look, he kind of don't, actually don't think he needs to improve. I think if he runs up to what we saw first up, then he can be winning this race. He's, uh, he's drawn not. Barry Eight's fine for him. Um, look, I, I think he'll probably push forward and, and settle close-ish to the speed. And as I said, if, if he can... At the very least, hold what we saw from him on um, on debut. Then reckon he can be winning this race and break his maiden pretty quickly. One ninety five at the moment. Race one number two. Lose some, win more. We skip over to race four here, and your selection's two sixty, but not the favourite at that price. Yeah, no, Aruga Mama. I think she's uh, she's come back in in really good shape. I think Fanciful will probably. I think they'd be vying for favouritism. Two four year old mares and. Um, which has been really good in her her three runs back from a break, Aruga Mama. She's uh, she's good first up, went third, beaten not too far when she made very good ground that day. Last time she was really good again, just beaten a lip by 16 reasons. I think it's a pretty strong form line for a race like this. Out to the um, <coughs> pardon me, out to the 1600 here. I think is absolutely spot on for her. Her she's ready for the mile. Um, yeah, really confident she's going to run a big race, Ariga Mama. She's well and truly overdue to break through this campaign. I think she's she only won the one race, but I actually think she's really promising. I think she's good enough to be a be a black top um, performer at some stage in her career, Ariga Mama. Two sixty. Uh, you mentioned Fancify two forty there. So race four, three, the one from you, and we go to the next race, Street Delight. Yeah, Street Delight, absolutely overdue to win a race um, from the informed Philip Stokes stable. The team racing really well. Look. Fair to say she doesn't win out of two. She's had 19 starts, only won one of them for five placings. But um, the three runs back from a break have all been really, really good. Um, the two seconds on the park shake past two runs have been excellent. Um, I think, <coughs> pardon me, I think that'll 
They'll both stack up as pretty strong form races, those past couple. Um, drawn beautifully here in Barrier 3, Lockie Nindorf on board. Looks she'll probably settle back on the fence, I think, potentially from uh, from that barrier. But I think, um, yeah, Lockie's uh, the kind of rider he's he can be quite aggressive in terms of um, navigating through through a pack and she only has to run up to what she's done to be uh, to be winning this race straight to light. She's she's well and truly ready to win. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, Steve. Thanks very much. Skadden looking at Morfittville. Race one, number two, lose some, win more, $1.95. Race four, number three, Aruga Mummer at two sixty. And race five, eight, Street Delight in $2.25. Yeah, they played Sweet Caroline, of course, at the, the draw on Sydney Harbour on a Tuesday night. And it's uh, been played recent years after the Tab Everest in front of the big crowd, of course. <laughs>